Welcome to Women Who Rock, a WMSC series that highlights strong, brave women creating positive change in their respective fields. Dr. Susan A. Cole has earned three degrees in English and American Literature, a Bachelor of Arts from Bernard College, Columbia University, and a Master of Arts and PhD from Brandeis University. She writes and speaks extensively about current issues in American higher education. She was appointed by Governor Christie as New Jersey's representative to the Education Commission of the States. Under her wing, just this last year, Montclair State was named among the top 100 public institutions on the Wall Street Journal, ranking the university's diverse learning environment 75th overall. The university also earned the Research Doctoral University designation from the Carnegie Classification of Institutions of Higher Education. U.S. News and World Report listed Montclair State among the top 200 national universities in the country in their 2017 rankings. And Forbes 2016 edition of America's Top Colleges listed Montclair State in its rankings. Her list of accolades goes on, but we will cover those along the way. I'm thrilled to be joined in studio by our own university president, Dr. Susan A. Cole. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So let's start from the beginning. Before joining Montclair State now for almost 20 years, you spent some time serving at Metropolitan State University in Minneapolis, Rutgers University here in Jersey, Antioch University, and the City University of New York. So what an exciting time to be a student here at Montclair State right now. I know I'm personally excited. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a Red Hawk? Well, um, it's interesting. It's hard to sum up a whole career <laughs> in a few sentences. Uh, but basically, I have for a long time been committed to public higher education. And uh, that started with my experiences at the City University of New York and continued with a vice presidency at Rutgers University and then a presidency at Metropolitan State University in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then back to New Jersey, uh, where I became a Jersey girl again and uh, took the presidency of Montclair State University. Uh, all of that has been about my profound belief, profound belief, that uh, we cannot have a prosperous, uh, a free uh, society unless we have educated people. You also have expanded this campus so much. Stonehall just reopened this fall, which is one of the oldest residential communities on the campus. The Feliciano School of Business, the Earth and Environmental Studies Building, and opening, hopefully soon, our very own School of Communication and Media Building, and that's definitely a lot. A definite staple of our campus would be our mission-style red-top buildings, which seem to be growing from all the construction by the year. Um, when did your love for this type of architecture start? It's interesting. The original building uh, of the university, built in 1908, was what we call College Hall now. It was the whole institution back in 1908. And the man who was given the responsibility by the state to build that, to oversee the building of it, uh, decided that he loved the Spanish mission style. And so he built that building in that style. And thereafter, several other buildings were built in that style. 
And then around in the 50s, 60s, 70s, all kinds of ugly stuff happened on campus. And when I came and we started really to build seriously for the first time in many, many decades, I decided that we should go back to the original style. And so everything we have built since then is in the Spanish mission style. We call ourselves the Stanford of the East. <laughs> uh, what was your initial vision for Montclair State once you arrived? And has that changed over the years? Uh, my vision uh, was that we could be serving many, many thousands more students than we were when I arrived. It was about 12,000 students then. We had very comprehensive programs at the undergraduate level, as well as a very, very strong uh, set of programs at the master's level. And I felt that the institution was really too small uh, to serve such a comprehensive range of programs. And I also believed correctly that there were thousands and thousands of students out there who we were not serving. New Jersey had been keeping its institutions way too small. And as a consequence, uh, there was a great flight of students out of the state, which is not good for the economy of the state, was expensive for the students. And so uh, we decided we needed to grow this university. And that was the heart of the matter. And grow we did from 12,000 to 21,000 students in a relatively short period of time. And we still have a big unserved population out there. An unserved population are those students in the state, those graduates from the high school, who would go to state institutions if there were room for them. What else could students look forward to here at the university? What students can look forward to at uh, Montclair State University is finding uh, extraordinary state-of-the-art facilities in a wide range of disciplines in all of the sciences, in communication and media, in uh, education, the humanities, in health-related programs. Uh, our goal has been not just to provide access to higher education, public higher education, but to provide access to truly excellent higher education. Uh, it doesn't matter if you give somebody the opportunity to attend an institution if the education they get there is not really going to be what they need as they try to work in the 21st century. So our focus has been on really building strong, excellent programs and providing a whole infrastructure of facilities and laboratories and technology that was not here before. And what could our faculty look forward to? The faculty, which has been growing uh, as along with the student population, is truly superb, a really excellent faculty. And they too, like the students, are hungry for uh, technology and laboratories and facilities and, and so forth uh, to do their scholarship and their research and to be able to provide instruction uh, to students at the highest possible level. And I think when um, faculty come to Montclair State now, they have the advantage of those kinds of resources 
but they also have the best advantage of all. Uh, they have the advantage of each other because we have been recruiting top-notch faculty. And so when you come to Montclair State, as a faculty member, you join a group of colleagues that is truly exciting. Now, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask, and I know this is a sensitive question, but with all of these expansions, are there plans to add more parking to Montclair State? <laughs> so here's the thing about parking. It, or, there is never enough. There will never be enough. Life with good parking does not exist. It cannot be. <laughs> there is no such thing. <laughs> I have uh, built three parking decks and, and expanded many parking lots, but there will never be enough parking on campus. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like that will be a running joke for years. But um, our campus is very diverse, and a magazine titled Diverse Issues in Higher Education named Montclair State a top degree producer in its ranking of institutions that confer the most degrees to minority students. Montclair State also met the criteria set forth by the U.S. Department of Education to be considered a Hispanic-serving institution, and we were also included in the Campus Pride Top 25 LGBTQ Friendly Colleges and Universities list. Now, would you say these accomplishments, in a way, capture the essence of our university? There's no question that uh, it has been at the heart of our mission to serve a student population that is the world. That if you look outside the boundaries of this university and you see who is there, we want exactly that population to be here. So we are an extremely a diverse and welcoming institution. But, you know, I didn't do that. Uh, this institution has been like that from uh, the founding of Montclair State. If you talk to people who graduated in the 1930s or 40s or 50s, one of the first things they will say to you about their experience here was that when they came to Montclair State, they met the world. And they met students from every possible conceivable background. And it was one of the things that they treasured about their experience here. And it is exactly the same way today. And what do these accomplishments mean to you? The accomplishments of this university are really not about me. What they are about is all of the incredible potential that these tens of thousands of students have who walk through the doors of this institution. They walk out into the world and we hope that what we have given them is a knowledge base that will enable them to work in the world in the ways in which they want to but also the determination to um, overcome whatever obstacles they will face, and they will for sure face obstacles, uh, the determination to keep going forward, to let nothing stop them. If you look at a class of students, uh, the 3,000 freshmen, for example, who we admit each year, what I see is the potential they have to bring their talents and abilities and passions out into the world and to do so for the good. And I hope that while they're at Montclair State, 
we embolden them to really fulfill their potential, and also we educate them to understand what is for the good and what is not for the good in the world. So the Carnegie designation is like the Oscars of the academic world. Um, could you discuss the process that you, along the administration and faculty, went through to obtain the designation? To become a research university really requires a faculty that is deeply engaged in research. There is no other way to do it. And by recruiting incredibly strong faculty, uh, they have um, achieved the designation. It's not something I did, it's something that they did. And uh, they, they have done so uh, because we recruit faculty to the university that are dedicated both to scholarship in research and to instruction, uh, which is which kind of makes Montclair State unusual. A lot of institutions are focused very heavily on scholarship and research. Other institutions are spoke, uh, focused very, very heavily on teaching. And we try and have a foot in both camps and to tread the line between the two. Because as an institution, and I personally believe, that we want our faculty to be at the forefront of their disciplines and then want to bring their students to that edge with them through the instructional process. A few days after our President Donald Trump issued an executive order that bars immigrants, non-immigrants, and refugees from seven countries from entering the United States, you took out some time to send a message to the Montclair State community, and I'm going to read a snippet of it. That's what you said. At Montclair State University, there is no ambiguity in regards to our mission to provide the highest quality education possible to a diverse population of students who have demonstrated a desire to learn and demonstrated the ability to benefit by the opportunity of a higher education. Once here, all of our students are entitled to and receive the full support of the university in achieving their educational goals, a mission that is sustained by highly qualified faculty and staff many of whom have come to university from other parts of the world. So just a few questions about that. What was going through your mind as you prepared this note? Well, one of the things that was apparent, um, both on our campus and uh, on campuses across the country and in the municipalities, uh, uh, in the state and beyond, is that people were suddenly quite frightened and confused about what was happening uh, in their country. And many students felt vulnerable or knew people who felt vulnerable or came from communities that felt vulnerable. And what I wanted to do was to remind them that this university has a mission and a purpose, and this is home to our students and to our employees in a very fundamental way. And that as long as they were with us, uh, we would do everything we could to keep them safe. And while they were with us, they should feel safe. Was the university faculty affected by this initial ban? No, fortunately, Although we might have had people, both students and faculty and other employees, who could have been affected by the first 
actions related to the first executive order. We were fortunate in that all of those people were here on campus already. The timing was such with the beginning of our semester that everyone was home. And so fortunately, we didn't have anybody who was affected by it, although we had people who might have been. There are other changes being made in the White House that could potentially affect higher education. With Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, there has been huge concern centered toward grades K through 12, um, but there hasn't been much talk about what this means for higher education. Will her role have any effect on students currently enrolled or looking to enroll in a post-secondary institution? I don't think there's going to be any immediate impact, particularly for public higher education. It's hard to tell, I, I don't really know, but I don't see anything that could uh, happen immediately without there being time for process and debate and deliberation and possibly laws being passed and so forth. Uh, I think that there is far more clarity uh, about some of the challenges that K-12 education might face under her administration, and those um, are serious. So bringing it home here to us at WMSC, the station is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. It has gone under massive transformation in just the last 18 months with a deal with iHeartRadio, a change of format, and a focus on local news and stories, music. What are your hopes for the station moving forward? Well, I am really delighted with the developments that have happened with the programming that is now on WMSC. I think it's terrific, and I think it's getting better and better all the time. In a few months, you'll be able to move into your new home and new facilities in the new School of Communication and Media, and that will be exciting for you in large measure because it will also put the radio station uh, next to all of the other communication and media programs and programming as part of the School of Communication and Media. Right now you're kind of tucked away in your own corner, but you will be visible and right in the heart of all of the uh, journalism and media programs and activities that are ongoing. So I think that will be exciting. If I had a hope beyond the continued growth and development of the program, it would be that you had just a little bit more bandwidth in terms of being able to be heard out in the world. Uh, and that, of course, is extremely difficult to accomplish, but uh, I, I would love to get you some more airspace. <laughs> so what are you most proud of during your time as president so far? Oh, that's really difficult. Um, so, many, so much has happened on the campus, but I, I always come back every year to that moment in time when I see thousands of people walk across the stage with a diploma in hand. That's kind of a metaphor because they don't actually have the diploma in their hand, but you know what I mean. Uh, it never tires after all of these years, and this is my 19th year as president of Montclair State University, I never tire of seeing those faces come across the stage. Because again, it represents to me all that they have the potential to achieve in the world. And so I guess if I really had to narrow it down to one thing, 
it is those additional tens of thousands of students that we succeed in educating. Uh, the fact that every year we now have 21,000 students instead of 12,000 students, and we grant um, close to 5,000 degrees instead of 2,000 degrees, and that, I think, is really significant. Yes, that's an accomplishment. So Montclair State in 10 years, what do you envision? 10 years from now, I think that Montclair State will have continued to solidify its place as one of the nation's great universities. And uh, if I had one serious hope, it would be 10 years from now, all of those tens of thousands of graduates of Montclair State University will stop and remember what this institution meant to them and gave to them and help us by giving back to provide the way for the tens of thousands who will follow in their place. So what would you like your legacy to be for the institution? She came and she built it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Cole, for joining us today on our series. You continue to be an inspiration to us all. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you.